Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Golden Hour Podcast. We are back and up and running with a new look as well after a brief hiatus. And with that being said, I just kind of want to give you guys a super quick life update. So I'm in a season and have been in a season um, that's just been a lot of pressing. And that's fine. You, I, I knew what I was getting myself into because of how kind God is. Um, I was praying for increased discernment, intimacy with God, um, um, intimacy with the Holy Spirit, and just overall promotion in his kingdom. I was like, Lord, I want you to use me, give me more anointing, whatever you have to do, prune me, work on my heart, um, everything from the inside out as you would see fit so that you would see me fit to be used more and more in your kingdom. And he let me know what I was getting myself into. And he's just been really faithful. And the friend that sticks closer than a brother and all of this. And at the end of the day, I just say, who wouldn't serve a God like this? And that he truly is Jehovah Shammah. And that he is present in all of it. And that he is Jehovah Nisi. That his banner over me is love. And that he's Jehovah Jireh. He's my provider. Jehovah Shalom, my peace. You y'all we're gonna go to church today but basically um the only reason I can laugh in all of this and smile in all of this is because he is those things and because he is my peace and my joy and every good thing is what he is so in this time of um the season before the promotion that's just kind of how everything has been going and I'm just really grateful that he's with me and that I don't have to walk it alone so He's been teaching me a lot of things, and I've been kind of putting this episode off, but there are some other things that have happened that I'll reference that had to happen, I believe, because uh, all things work together for the good of those who love Christ and are called according to his purpose. I love him. I'm called according to his purpose, so it works out um, in Jesus' name, but... Um, even though I had kind of off put this episode little by little, now is the perfect time, I believe, to be recording this and that the Lord has graced me to do it and that there's a word that he wants to bring you guys and that I'm so honored that he's letting me deliver it. And I just pray that it blesses you. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a good time. So in this episode, we are going to be chatting about how promotion ain't pretty. I know that it's not the most grammatically correct, but it just is what it is. Promotion ain't pretty. And we're going to be going over the ins and outs of spiritual warfare that we face when God is promoting us. And I am so excited to be back and tell you what God has been teaching me. So with that being said, grab your mug and get comfortable because this is your golden hour. So something that I kind of just want to start off with is the fact that we are constantly going from glory to glory. Um, Scripture says that we go from glory to glory, and that's just a biblical precept that we should really keep in mind um, in thinking about promotion, thinking about coming up and going up in the kingdom of God and going up into knowing more about who God is and all that he can do. Um, so something that I also want to say is that promotion is not about your position, but about partnership. So yes, you're going up in position, but don't focus on that. I think a lot of times we get really upset, (laughs) I guess for lack of better words, or really disappointed when we pray for a promotion and we pray for, I guess, higher positions. And then we look at what that looks like and we come up with this idea in our head that um, we look at, we analyze what our gifts are 
And then we just think about how the world sees promotion. Like if we own a business and we say, Lord, I want promotion. Um, we look and say, okay, if I don't make this amount of money by this amount of time, then God hasn't promoted me. But God is not to be put in a box. And I feel like that's something that he wants me to tell you all. Um, God is not to be put in a box. That his ways are higher than our ways and that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And what we deem to be good and what we think is promotion could be very well different from what he has in mind for us because at the end of the day, he knows best. Um, so we say, okay, well, I'm a speaker. So for God to promote me, that must look like me speaking in front of thousands of people. Well, sure, but do not despise small beginnings. You don't know where you are and where he sees that you are, and he's not going to give you something that you cannot handle at this time. And at the end of the day, you might die without speaking in front of thousands of people, but it does not mean that you did not fulfill what God called you to do. Everyone is called to different things or because you're a worship leader that you feel that you're supposed to be the next big worship band and you're going to get this record deal and all kinds of things. So something that I want to encourage you to do that I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying to do is to not put try and put him in a box because you can't put him in a box, but you can sure try and um, don't get sit down and get disappointed in your mind and uh, get all downcast because things don't look exactly how you want them to. So also asking God, um, I think he's saying to ask him for for eyes to see things the way that he does so that you don't end up getting disappointed and lacking faith and just falling into the snares of the enemy. So be shrewd in that and see the plans um, and the kind of tricks that the enemy will use to make you either want to forsake your promotion or all kinds of things. Um, but just be watchful and ask for God's eyes. So as I was saying, promotion is not about position, but about partnership. And it's not some cold business partnership, but it's a friendship. It's a fellowship with God. Um, um, John 15, 15 says, no longer do I call you servants for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all things that I heard from my father. I have made known to you, y'all, that is everything. Everything that Jesus has heard from our Father, he's told us because we're not his servants. He says, I do not call you servants. I call you friends. So this is a partnership. Um, there's also another scripture that says that we are co-laborers with Christ. Um, Christ is the one who saves at the end of the day. And what are we also called to do? Um, the Great Commission is to go and make disciples. So we are co-laborers with him. So it's a partnership. When we're asking for promotion, we're not just asking for position. We are asking for partnership. We're asking for friendship, holy um, fellowship with the Holy Spirit, fellowship with Christ, fellowship with the Trinity. You know what I'm saying? So as you go about this path of promotion, what we're really supposed to be seeking, what we should all be seeking at the end of the day is just to know God more, period. There's no ways in getting around this. Whew, come on, Holy Spirit. There's no ways in getting around this. Stop asking for new stages and for new platforms and for more people to hear. Don't worry about the numbers. When you give a word, when God has has a way for you to share your gift, it's not going to be for everybody, as my pastor says, but it's going to be for somebody. So don't worry about it. God leaves the 99 for the one all the time. So that is also something that he wants you to know. 
and just it's so cool promotion is so cool because you get more intimacy with god the god of all creation the god of the universe wants to know you well he knows you but he wants you to come into that covenant with him he wants to know he wants you to know him more he wants to reveal more of himself to you god says that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him that if you seek him you will find him and those are his words and his promises are true all of his promises are yes and amen and his words do not return void so seek that partnership and look for that in promotion more than anything because you can access that that concept you can access knowing the holy spirit more through the process of your promotion and then after so that is something if you're looking for a head start <laughs> before you see the entire promotion come to fruition um just get to know the holy spirit more um get more intimate with him learn um ask him to teach you to discern better all kinds of things like that just about the person the the character of god who he is getting to know him so look for that and i just want to give you guys a disclaimer before we really get into this be sure to check your fruit be honest with yourself ask the holy spirit i think it's david in psalms who says lord examine my heart i ask god to examine my heart because we know that the heart is deceitful, as the word says. So check your fruit. You reap what you sow. So um, don't don't think, okay, well, because all hell is breaking loose around me right now, it must mean that I'm going to be promoted. I would like to say that I don't think that that's how that works. Um, just ask the Holy Spirit where you are. He's going to tell you if it's promotion, if it's chastening, and nothing bad is happening. Um, chasing, God chases those who he loves, but just be sure to ask, like, Lord, what is the source of this? Are these ha things happening to me because you're chastening me? Are you teaching me something? Or is this all just attacks from the enemy um, because promotion is on the other side of this? So either way, everything is good. The chastening, the attacks before the promotion, because of eight, Romans 8.28, it still stands. The promise of God still stands that all things work together for the good of those who love Christ and are called according to his purpose. So if you love Christ and you're called according to his purpose, you're good to go. So, But just to be sure, um, trying to find where the source is. Ask the Holy Spirit to tell you the source. So now we are going to move into things that you oppose when God is promoting you. Because like I'm going to say a bunch of times through here probably, promotion ain't pretty. So... Above all else, it is spiritual warfare out here. <laughs> we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That is Ephesians 6.12 if you're taking notes. But um, yeah, this, this battle is not fleshly. You could uh, touch things in the world, but at the end of the day, it's all spirit. All of this is not about flesh and blood, but it is a, it's about spiritual warfare. Um, so make sure that you're not fighting battles in vain, trying to solve the problems that you're opposing with weapons of the flesh, carnal weapons, but that you are picking up the full armor of God, that you're using the, the tools of the spirit. So, yes. So we're going to talk about Job. And how he, I was typing this up and who the Holy Spirit took over for sure. Job is an excellent model when we are looking at spiritual warfare before 
promotion. This guy had this down to a T. Read Job when you can. I encourage you, especially if you're going through these things right now. I know I'm probably about to start reading this when I'm done here. But Job is an excellent model. Uh, basically, I'll give you guys a quick rundown of the story. Um, if you're not 100% sure about what Job is about, Job was a blameless man in the sight of God. And he had a very good relationship with God. But, you know, the enemy, he is bitter and sad. So he went up to the heavens and he's like, Lord, let me test him. Surely he will curse you and this, that, and the third. But the Lord, <laughs> every time I hear about Satan really trying to like test believers, I'm like, you ought to know better though. Because every time it works out for the believers, good. Like this is scripture, this is fact. But besides the point... He goes up, he's telling God this, that, and the third, and how he wants to harm Job. But God already knows how he's built Job. Hallelujah. God looks at you and he knows how he's built you. He looks at you and he knows the character that he's instilled in you, how he's developed you, how he has crafted you. So he's not shaken by anything. When the devil comes up to him and he's like, let me test Sally. Let me test Kristen. Let me test Rebecca. Literally, God's like, okay, and what about it? I already know how I built them. I already know that I have given them the strength that they are not going to turn from me. So, I mean, do what you got to do. But in Job's case, he said, do what you got to do, but spare his life. So, we get into that. And um, what we find in this model of how Job's spiritual warfare was built before his promotion is that there is an attack on family, friends, finances, and health. So as far as family went, we all know Job's wife was really, really trifling. And we, <laughs> we look at her and we're like, she's so whack. But I mean, you kind of got to consider the things that were going on. But of course, it doesn't give her excuse. But literally her his family um i believe his children died and then his wife turned to him and said you should curse god and die i mean you're following god and you're imagine you're following god closely and your spouse turns and tells you something like that like that is awful but the lord restores and he turned around and gave him a new family like it works out in the end um his friends um, there's a whole lot of passages in Job that is basically um, dialogue between Job and his friends, I guess if you want to call them that. But they're like, what did you do? And they're blaming Job for things. And there's just this constant dialogue about, well, maybe you did this and maybe you did that. And no one is encouraging him. And Job's just kind of like, okay boom so now there's an attack on his friends so the enemy's trying to isolate him because that's one of his greatest tools but job he knew better by god's grace he said i don't he, he he didn't say this but you know at the end of the day he was just like well god is his god is his portion god is who he loves and he he didn't have that lonesomeness to to really destroy him and then an attack on his finances. His livestock were dying. He's losing his business. Like, everything is going wrong. Even his health. He's got boils breaking on his skin. He's ill. All of these things. But even when his wife told him, you should curse God. And um, you should cur you could curse. You should. Mm, what did he say? You should turn around and curse God. Basically. And Job's like, woman. Like, you're speaking foolishly. Are we to accept only the good from God and not the bad? Which makes him such this incredible model when we're looking at spiritual warfare before promotion. Because 
it's gonna take warfare to get to the promotion. He literally turns to her and he's like, are we only to accept the good from God and not the bad? Cause he knew, I don't think he understood. He didn't know what was going to happen after, but he knew who he served. And I think that that is something that we've really got to look at and understand and, uh, and bring into our own lives and our lifestyles and how we walk with Christ to just say, you know, when these things come, we are not only to accept the bad from, um, only accept the good, but we're going to accept the bad as well. We're going to praise God for the locust because he's going to repay us for the years that they've been eating. So, um, Job is just this really good model, um, on what spiritual warfare looks like before promotion. Really excellent. And I encourage you all to read Job. Then he's also going to be coming for your faith because you, you're, the faith that you're going to need for your next season is being built up now. So what is faith? Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So what does that kind of mean? Well, faith, at the end of the day, we need to speak these things that are not as though they are. Romans 4.17 says, um, As I have written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who, whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls things which do not exist as though they did. So the, the part that really gets me about this verse is the part that says the evidence of things not seen. You've got to call the things that you cannot see now, you've got to call them out as though they are. Because they are. You're not lying. You're not trying to trick your brain. No, it really is just that. You just haven't seen the manifestation yet. God's not going to tell you something and then be like, I mean, I said that, but... And if he did, he's good anyway. So that is the evidence. So when you're, when God has promised you something, say you've been praying for child and you do not see the child coming forth. And you say, Lord, you promised me. God had given you word after word after word. You sat down in your quiet time, received the word from God yourself. And he told you, I'm going to give you a child. And you don't see that coming forth. But if you just hold on, you can know because Hebrews 11 one is telling you that there, that faith is the evidence of things not seen. If you just sit down and have faith, you're, you can just acknowledge and call these things that are not as though they are. Because God is so far ahead of us that all we have to do is just come into agreement with what he said because it's already been done. We just need to come into covenant and agreement with what he has said and agree that it is done in his name. So faith is vital in all seasons, but when God is about to promote you, the enemy will really come for your faith because he does not want you to see the promise or even furthermore believe the promises of God. And he knows that without faith, it is impossible to please God. The enemy does not want you to please God, especially right before promotion in the kingdom of God. He doesn't want you to come into agreement with God's plan. He wants you to abort the plans that God has for your life because he himself, he cannot do it. So he will try to use you to destroy um, all that God wants to give you and that he has already given you. Amen. So that being said, the enemy is going to send his agents of doubt. And um, you've just got to 
you've got to push forth in faith. Um, the enemy will try to plant seeds of doubt. He can try to plant them in your dreams and in your waking state because he doesn't have time to waste. So you say you are um, praying for, I don't know, you're praying for acceptance to this university and the Lord told you that you were going to go there, you know that for a fact it has been signed, sealed by the Holy Spirit, and you are just believing God for it. But the enemy comes to you in your dreams, and he gives you a night terror about how you're not going to be able to afford it, and that you're not going to even get in, and all these things, and he plants seeds of doubt. And you wake up and you're like, oh my God, that might have even been prophetic. But the Lord does not contradict himself. So you've got to get up that morning and say, uh-uh, in the name of Jesus, every root planted by the enemy, I uproot it in the name of Jesus. Every seed planted by the enemy, be unseeded in the name of Jesus. Because whatever the enemy was trying to plant in your sleep that is trying to get you to come out of covenant with what God said, you must destroy it in Jesus' name. Because doubt is a seed and it will begin to grow if you do not handle it in Jesus' name. So... Even in your sleep states, the enemy is going to try to get you to doubt and not believe the promises of God and the fact that all of his promises are yes and amen. So destroy doubt. Um, he also wants you to doubt that God is present. He has tried to do that with me in this season, and he, he likes to do that for me in my sleep. Because he knows when I'm awake, I'm going to turn around and be like, uh-uh-uh-uh, let me tell you about Jehovah Shammah. He is present. But in my sleep, the enemy will plant all kinds of like just weird, just abstract, strange dreams. And I'll wake up and I'm like, oh my God, where is God in this? But mm -mm, the Holy Spirit, he is a comforter. He's like, please go get in my presence. I need to tell you something. So I'll go, make my coffee, whatever I got to do, get in the presence of God. I'll start talking to him. And then before I know, if it's chill bumps, if he's telling me things, opening to certain pages in my Bible and just speaking to me so that I know that he is present, the Lord immediately, as soon as the enemy tried to make me doubt that God was present, he's like, no, Rebecca, I am your Jehovah Shammah. I am present always. I promise you that I will never leave you or forsake you. And then I got to go through that same kind of deliverance and be like, okay, here we go again. Every morning when you pray, be sure that you ask the Lord to discern your dreams. Ask for the remembrance of your dreams, one. Two, the revelation of your dreams. For me, it's the double R, like remembrance and revelation. As soon as I wake up, I'm like, Lord, remembrance and revelation. Because the enemy tries to snatch your dreams from you because the Lord loves us so much that he has no time to waste. He wants to talk to us when we are awake and he wants to talk to us when we are asleep. He will give us destiny dreams, tell us plans that he has for our life. He will give us warning dreams. He will give us dreams of encouragement. Just He just wants to speak to us. So I'll get up, I'll say, Lord, please give me remembrance and revelation about my dreams. So ba basically just, Lord, I want to remember the dreams um, and that whatever spirit has tried to steal them from me, I come against it in the name of Jesus and that is returned to me now in the name of Jesus. But above all else, that the will of God is done because if the Lord is trying to block something out that I don't need to remember, I'm not trying to remember that. So I'll always say and make sure that you always say, Above all else, that the will of God is done because you don't want to go and try to overstep boundaries and remember traumatic things that the enemy tried to plant in your sleep. It's just very messy. So pray for remembrance and revelation and then make it very plain and clear. Uh, very plain and clear. Listen here. Say, Lord, I only come into covenant and agreement with what is from you. 
Because sometimes we don't understand our dreams right away. And it's like, Lord, this is confusing. So I give it to you. I give you this dream. Whatever is from you, I come into full covenant and agreement with it that it will manifest perfectly in your perfect timing and acceleration. And I receive it into my destiny. And I'm grateful for it. But Lord, that whatever is from the enemy, I do not come into covenant or agreement with that. I denounce it from my destiny. Every root that he has planted is uprooted in Jesus' name. Every seed that he has planted is unseeded and will not grow. And that every plan of the enemy is aborted in the name of Jesus. And just make that very simple. Don't sit down and get all worried and shaken up about what you've seen or what you didn't see in your dreams. And just leave it to God and let him do his thing. So um, in spiritual warfare, um, depending on how God has gifted you or how he speaks to you, um, just being very aware and asking the Lord to guard your mind, your heart, your soul, your body, and all of this, and that you just hear his voice clearly. And don't ask for the Lord to shut the enemy up, because you need to learn how to discern. Um, my prayers, I used to just be like, Lord, don't let the enemy talk to me. He's like, it's time for you to grow, baby. <laughs> I'm going to teach you how to discern. So now my prayers are not... Lord, don't let the enemy talk to me, but Lord, help me to discern. Because how are you going to help somebody else? Ministry is not about you and what's comfortable for you. How are you going to tell somebody else what the voice of the Lord would sound like if you yourself don't even bother to discern because you've just asked the Lord to shut the enemy up in general? So learning to discern as well. And overall, the enemy is just going to really try to play mind games on you. So ask the Lord, put your helmet of salvation on. Ask the Lord to be a wall of fire around your mind and the glory in its midst and to protect you and all of this as well. Um, so full armor of God, Ephesians 6, 14 through 18 says, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. So, in essence, because I know that was a mouthful, just, um, you know how we were taught in Sunday school? Put the gospel of peace on your feet, gird your loins with truth, Put on the breastplate of righteousness, take up the sword of the spear, which is the word of God, the shield of faith that quenches the fiery darts, all of them, all the fiery darts of the enemy in Jesus' name, and put on the helmet of salvation, and you will be good to go. So at the end of this, all of this ties into distraction. There's a quote um, that floats around on Pinterest and Instagram all the time, and it says, Satan will distract what he cannot destroy. Girl, listen to me. You are protected by the blood of Jesus, the spotless lamb of God. This new song, Is He Worthy, by Chris Tomlin. He's saying, he is, um, he is David's root and the lamb who died to ransom the slave. You are protected by the blood of Jesus. Um, the enemy cannot harm you. What, as I say all these things about spiritual warfare, I feel like the Lord really wants me to just address the fact it is a fact, not opinion, not thought, not concern. It is very simple, plain, and clear. There is no gray area. You are protected by the blood of Jesus. May that calm every fear that you have. Don't go to sleep and be like, oh no, the enemy might attack me tonight. Okay, and what about it? The blood of Jesus has conquered it, and the blood of Jesus is against the works of the enemy. So you're good to go. 
All things work together for the good of those who love Jesus and are called according to his purpose. You love God, you love Jesus, you love God, you love the Trinity, you're called according to the purpose, you're good to go and you are protected. And um, read Psalm 91, just know that God is always there and that he is protecting you and that even when you cannot feel him, when the chill bumps disappear, when you're not seeing the signs that you usually do and how he communicates with you, He's still Jehovah Shammah and he's still present. So all of this ties into distraction and that Satan is really going to try and distract because he cannot destroy you. You will start to notice that he's going to introduce like really quote unquote dumb things that you might have never even really noticed. Um, so this can include an increased focus on looks and just trying to plant seeds of overall insecurity. Um, this is an issue because you will really run into trouble when you start to let the enemy define you and tell you what your identity is and um, and not letting, kind of trying to blind you from what God says about you and what your identity is in Christ. Because let me tell you, there's a quote by Priscilla Shire and she says, what a shame it would be if the enemy knew more about who you are and what you're called to do than you do. And that's kind of paraphrasing. But really, what a shame that would be. We have got to go and find out our identity from Christ or else we're going to be looking in all kinds of directions and just being overall shaken up. Um, so this is a very awful time to start doubting your identity in Jesus Christ because your promotion is wrapped in who you are in Christ, nothing else. Not what your mama said, not what your daddy said, not what your teacher said, not what your cousin said, not what the bus driver said, <laughs> but in Christ alone. So do not forfeit the blessings and the promotion of God because you don't think you fit the bill. God will fit you for it. He does not, qual he does not call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. So don't let that enemy um, make you just be distracted by dumb things like, oh no, of recent I pulled up my jeans and they're a little bit tight. Girl, and what about it, okay? Drink your water and trust in God. It's going to be okay. Um, he thinks, he says that you're beautiful and that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. So move on. Um, you're going to see, you might see like really annoying things in people that don't usually annoy you. Like the enemy is just going to kind of try to get you on, um, try to oppress you to be on P's and Q's and just be like, why are you doing that? And just nitpicking dumb things. So watch out for that. Um, cause God says that we got to love and then just overall increased worry, stress and anxiety and overall doubt. So when you start to see these things, you're probably going to ask, well, what is the solution? Well, first things first, you ought to pray and get in your word, get refueled. And we're in a time where some of us are, this is a voice memo that I kind of had in my phone um, that I was recording in the kitchen because I was talking to God because the other day I had a very bad day. Like the star started off, like I said, in my dream life. And I just felt very distant from God. I'm like, God, I don't know what's going on over there. I do not feel good. Something like feels very off. And the whole day I just felt like on edge. And I'm like, mm -mm, mm -mm. something is very bad. <laughs> something is off. So God, I need help. And he explained to me, but <laughs> I'll tell you, he explained to me that some of us are in a season or in just in a time overall where we are being hard pressed because the Lord is a zealous God and that he wants to hear from us and that he wants to speak to us. And if you are not very disciplined <laughs> like myself, if, if, I'm, if God's like, please come talk to me, I'm like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
And then I might go in there for like five minutes and be like, ah, how refreshing. And he's like, I, I wanted more, but... Mm. And he is a zealous God, and he is so good that in pro- in promoting us, um, he wants us to be prepared for the next season. So instead of just saying Mm-mm, she's not she's not this um, she's not disciplined, and then just moving on to the next person, he gives us grace after grace and mercy every single morning. He's like, "We'll try again," and he's letting us. He's like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna lift my hand a little bit. I'm gonna let her feel the fire a little bit." I'm going to let her get pressed a little bit so that she will go and run to my presence because the Lord knows how we're wired. He knows our hardware. He knows our software. He knows how we're programmed. He knows how we're built. And he knows that for me, he's like, okay, well, if she gets pressed enough, she's going to run straight into the throne room. So I'm going to let her get pressed a little bit. (laughs) And I got pressed. And where did I run? The throne room. And that's when the Lord started revealing things to me. And he's like, hello, (laughs) it's nice to see you. (laughs) And I'm like, hello. (laughs) So, um, you know, he might just let you get pushed and let you get pressed because he is the God who is deserving of all of our praise and all of our worship. And he is deserving of our time. So when he's calling you, go because he always has something excellent to tell you and that he wants to give you insight and download his love and peace and joy and all of the fruits of the spirit into your life and give you insight and warnings and just everything that he says is perfect so go and talk to him so that's for one thing but in all times whether he's pressing you or not just be in your word um be in prayer ask the lord to unlock the scriptures to you and to tell you things great and mighty things that which you do not know and he promises that he'll tell you and he promised he he brought back the verse to mind um i do not call you servants but i call you friends because a servant does not know what his master is doing but i have told you everything that i've heard from the father so um just getting in his presence and learning from him is just incredible so second to that i'm or next i suppose i'm a deliverance girl so most times that's my go-to um i praise god for self-deliverance and i'm honestly not a big fan of that term because at the end of the day god is the one who's delivering me but it's just a term that we use to say like i didn't go to a minister to get delivered i did it at home like diy (laughs) deliverance and Christians cannot be possessed, but they can be oppressed. So if I'm sitting there riddled with doubt, I know exactly where it came from. And I'm getting ready to send it straight to the pits of hell so that it will not return. So I'll go in my room. I'll close the door. I say, Lord, deliver me, please. I don't know exactly what I need deliverance from, like in in this example. But he will start to reveal it to you. I'll sit down. um, And this was one, two, three, maybe three days ago. And I was like, Lord, something is off. I need deliverance. I need you to deliver me. So he was like, okay, well, pray in your prayer language, and I'm going to tell you what's got to go. I'm like, okay, cool. Love that. So I sit down and pray my prayer language, and he's calling for spirits that have been trying to oppress me. I mean, spirits that have been trying to uh, eat my flesh. But like scripture says, <laughs> when my enemies came up upon me to try and eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. And here we go with the deliverance. Grab your trash cans. Um, deliverance can manifest in different forms. You can cough. You can just burp. You can breathe out very loudly, exhaling very loudly. Um, some people vomit. Some people spit. Like, whatever you have to do, 
Um, it was, but to be clear, it is not possessing you. But as a child of God, you can be oppressed, and you just have to get delivered. That's why the Lord's Prayer is very adamant about it. It says, "We pass over it," but it's really it's deliverance. It says, "Deliver us from evil." For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So um, in this season, you can, you can, of course, above all else, pray and read your word. Sometimes you can get delivered from things. But that brings me into my next point. Um, after I finish deliverance, you just feel like this weight has been lifted off of you and like the oppression is gone. Um, and just pleading the blood of Jesus over yourself. But what do you do when God doesn't deliver you from something? Well, um... Some things are just a thorn in our flesh. God will deliver us when it is time, and he will heal us as well, and his grace is sufficient. And 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10 says, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Oh, y'all don't, I know it. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities. This man is preaching that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. Going back to thanking God for the locusts. Um, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So sometimes you can go through, get your deliverance, and sometimes you just got to wait it out. But all things are going to work together for your good. Um, it's a promise from God. And all of his promises are yes and amen. And you know, in all of this, do not forget to rest. Um, in the previous verse, we read that the Lord's strength is made perfect in our weakness so we can stop trying to be this super strong, super Christian who isn't affected by anything and we can just give our weaknesses to Christ and just rest. Just sit down, just breathe. Um, I think the prophet Elijah in the Bible, he sat down, he was like, Lord, I want to die, I'm done. You know what the Lord did? <laughs> the Lord provided for Elijah. I think he sent an angel um, to give him, to give him, wait, no, was it an angel? Lord, don't let me say it wrong. But anyway, at the end of the day, he got some food. I think he, took, he got some bread and he took a nap. Like, the Lord, he knows. So just rest um, and just know that our Abba Father, he handles it all. So everything is from him and everything is to him. The earth is his and the fullness thereof. All is in his hands and all is in his control. And we can trust him and rest in him knowing that he is the author and finisher of our faith and that he is the God of the increase. He handles our promotion and the season before it. He has already seen the victory and knows how Goliath is going to fall. We have victory in the name of Jesus and we can just walk in the manifestation of his glory and be absolutely amazed because to walk with Jesus is a beautiful walk. Take the narrow path. So, in essence, this season is not easy, and promotion ain't pretty. But despite all of that, our God is beautiful, and when the enemy seeks to sift us as wheat, Jesus is so faithful, kind, and good. Luke 22, verses 31 through 32 says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, 
Indeed, Satan has asked for you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, that your faith should not fail, and when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. He already has the victory. Jesus has already had, he has the victory, and he gives it to us. And he, and in Jesus' name, you are going to make it, and you are going to come out of this absolutely unscathed. There is no doubt um, in the fact that the battle has been won through the blood of Jesus and that his blood covers us and that um, there's a song called Defender and it says, you go before I know that you've even gone to win my war and that you come back with the head of my enemy and you come back and you call it my victory. So just keep that in mind. So that being said, let's pray. Dear Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for who you are and for all that you do. I thank you for each and every listener, and I pray your blessing over them. I pray that this word produces good fruit and that your children are encouraged, uplifted, and that their faith in you has increased. We thank you for the locusts and for the repayment of all that they have eaten. We thank you for the trying seasons that allow us to see your perfect and awesome glory and we thank you for the wilderness because it's there that you speak to us tenderly. We thank you that you are always good and ever present and we thank you for your promotion. You're good. I plead the mighty and matchless blood of Jesus over every listener and myself and I thank you, we thank you for the strength to endure and that you and you alone give us strength. We thank you for you and your divine protection and that you are here to protect us. And as your word says in Psalm 91, that you shall give your angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways and that in their hands they shall bear us up lest we dash our foot against a stone. We love you, thank you, and honor you. And we pray all of these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Golden Hour Podcast. I pray that this blessed you and encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Golden Hour Ministry so that you never miss a thing. And be sure to read our blog and check in on everything on goldenhourministry.com. All of these are going to be linked in the info section of the podcast, so don't worry about it. So until next time, I'm Rebecca Ince, and this is your Golden Hour. Thank you.